Welcome to the Mountain Traditions Project, telling stories of individuals carrying forward Appalachian traditions in our rapidly changing world. I'm Leah Scarpelli. And I'm Mike Snyder. Katie and Otto Ross aren't originally from Western Maryland, but they both worked as teachers in the area now for decades. In fact, they were both my teachers. Katie remembers reading folktales from around the world to her students until one day a professional storyteller came to her class. She says that was sort of an aha moment for her. The Rosses now collaborate on storytelling. Katie crafts and narrates the stories, and Otto provides musical and comic relief. They are mindful of their roles as relative newcomers, yet they also see that the history and richness of the Appalachian region is due in large part to its melding of cultures and stories. When I met them at their home in Ridgely, West Virginia, they gave me a sample of their performance art. Um, This story came from a book by Hooper Wolf, and the name of the book was I Drove Mules for the CNO Canal. And this was one of the stories that he wrote down about a distant relative. I'm sure it's that I tell the story to him, he tells the story to someone else, and so by the time that it gets to the person that wrote it down, it may be a little different. Three at last. Barney Wolf let out a hoop and a holler when he got out of the jail in Cumberland, Maryland. This was around a hundred years ago or so. Now, he hadn't been in the pokey for very long. His offenses were rather minor. (laughs) But he'd been in there long enough to know he did not want to go back. Well, about the same time that he was released from jail... His friend from inside, Mac McCracken, was released the same day. Now, Mac had been in longer because he'd been caught counterfeiting money. But since the two got to know... Um, I grew up in Southern California, and my grandmother loved performing. She loved writing poetry and giving dramatic readings, and the story is that she'd get up on stage and she would tell a story and my grandfather would slink down in his chair like, I don't know that lady. (laughs) But growing up, my mom didn't like to perform, but she did like to tell stories. And we had a lot of family stories. And then I majored in, uh, well, I started to major in theater. So all the time growing up, I loved being in plays. So it just seemed like it was a progression at some point to, to transition into storytelling. Basically, you know, we got married and uh, she went to conferences or whatever and I went along. Now what we do is she tells a story and either Within the story, I may play a song, but basically she introduced me to it. And we've even gotten to the point where he sometimes has lines. Like we have Gus and Liza plenty, (laughs) which uh, are some people that live in Possum Crossing, and they're tall tales, but he plays the part of Gus, and I am Liza. So we've actually done some tandem telling that way. On our card, 
Her name is first and mine is second. <laughs> that way, if it doesn't do so well, they won't remember me. They'll remember her. Well, they did not get home, which home, by the way, was a canal boat. Because the canal boats on the CNO Canal weren't going during the winter time. They found one that was vacant, <laughs> and they took up residence there. So they'd stay out to the wee small hours of the morning, and then they'd go back to the boat. Oh, on the next day, they were just too tired to go to work. Well, it wasn't long before those two buddies lost their job. Now, at first it wasn't too bad. I got involved in the West Virginia Storytelling Guild, and many of the people that I knew had grown up in Appalachia, and we had all kinds of festivals and story swaps and everything. And from hearing those stories and from knowing the people that had grown up there, I all of a sudden felt so much a part of Appalachia. And I felt so um, admiring of the culture and so forth. And I thought, if I hadn't had the storytelling, that wouldn't have happened. You just, I just got an appreciation for the rich oral tradition and the, the crafts and all of those things. But alas, the policeman caught them, threw them back into jail. Well, Barney was like, I should never have listened to you. I know this was wrong. Oh, I won't go back in jail again and stay here. And Max said, oh, don't you worry, Barney. It's going to work out all right, you'll see. But Mac, People uh, didn't have the technology. You didn't have the television probably way back. So what did you do? You sat out on the porch and you told stories to each other. And the one thing that I did some um, research into the diversity and people came all over the world to be in the coal mines. If, okay, let's say you and I both came from Italy. Well, I can tell you, remember that story? And, and, and you can say, oh yeah, I heard that when I was just a little kid. And, and so I think it was a way of remembering and also entertainment because they weren't rich enough to go out to the movies if the movies even existed or do much of anything. But stories are free and yet they're entertaining. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know, said Barney, wiping his forehead with a dirty handkerchief. Uh, I just don't know what to say. Then Max spoke up, and Max said, Your Honor, you leave my, my buddy out of this. He didn't know what we was doing. Just let him go free. I'll take the full responsibility for it. Whoa, Barney could not believe his ears. Mac must have been a better friend than he had ever guessed. Whew. Barney sighed a sigh of relief. And as Mac went back into the jail, Barney whispered, Thank you. And Mac nodded, walked back as if he didn't have a care in the world. 
Well, <laughs> Barney never saw his friend again. <laughs> he sure did miss him sometimes. We all like stories. I don't care who it is. And the nice part about it is I can tell you a story and you can go and tell that story to someone else. Now, it may not be as polished, but you can tell the story. And uh, so we have a tendency to remember stories. Uh, you can learn something like the Gettysburg Address and you got to practice it and practice it and memorize But if I tell you a story, you don't have to practice it. You know it. But I think having traveled the world and seeing that there's such a connection that we're all people and we so much want to the same things. You know, I want the good things for my children and I want to be understood and I want love and all these things. So it doesn't matter whether it's in France or Japan or Appalachia. There's that human condition. That's Katie and Otto Ross at their home in Ridgely, West Virginia. The Mountain Traditions Project was created and produced by Michael O. Snyder. And the podcast was produced by Leah Scarpelli. The Mountain Traditions Project is funded by the Community Trust Foundation. In partnership with Frostburg State University, the Appalachian Independent, Maryland Traditions, Mountain City Traditional Arts, the Allegheny Arts Council, the Maryland State Arts Council, and Interdependent Pictures. <laughs>